Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates. It is what it is. The Roaring Riot Podcast, Not What You Think, and the Carolina Line for more great talk about your favorite team. Follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us where you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, Josh Klein. Managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, had the freshest possible scrambled eggs this morning, and he feels pretty darn great about yes, that. Yes, that's right. We have some backyard chickens at our home, and they have produced eggs for the first time ever, and uh, I had some scrambled eggs on toast this morning. Actually, yesterday morning, if we're going to be technical. I don't want to lie to anybody on the show to start off, but... Um, we are about honesty. They were delicious. Uh, they were kind of... They were, like, similar to the organic... Um, the organic eggs that you get at Whole Foods, so it's like taste-wise. I was expecting like, oh my God, it's going to taste so good. They were just kind of like good eggs, but you know what? They tasted homegrown and home-laid, I guess, and uh, they were that much more delicious. What do you know about... Do you know a lot about chickens? I mean, I know that my girls produce some eggs. <laughs> that's what I know. I mean, I guess that's all you really There was such an audible... Know? I'm the only one wearing headphones. There was such an audible groan from one of our... I believe it was from our guest after I said that out loud. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for not talking until you're introduced, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my my ladies gave me some eggs, and it was great. Loved it. I don't know why that makes me uncomfortable. Every it does. Time it's say, a weird phrase. My ladies. Yeah, my girls made some eggs. It's disgusting. I get it. Kind of like a pimp or something. I don't know. Hmm. All right. All right. Or like a fertility doctor type of a situation. Okay. It's it's getting worse. Um, Is it getting worse? All right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe move on to Colin. Hey, Colin. Hello. <laughs> Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, ecstatic that he's able to get out of the house after spending the entire day trying to explain the compens I can't say that word. I, I can't. Compensatory. There See, I can't say it. I said this the whole way. I was like gonna be able to do it. Compensatory pick Comp formula pick. to a toddler. That sounds fun. He didn't mention that to me. He he did not. He mentioned everything else though when you met him uh, briefly. Did did the Panthers was there anything they didn't change? While we were away, um, I don't think so. I think they're. I mean, is th- that logo still at midfield? From what I understand, so I think that's going to be that's sticking around. We're but. the same colors too, I believe. Right? Okay, okay. So we've got that going for us because goodness gracious, we thought the season ended, and well, I guess the season has just begun. The new era. Sorry, I was way far away from that. I was ready to talk again. <laughs> new era of Panther football is here. We're uh, we're in it. We're in it. We're in it. We're living it. Yeah. Let's introduce our guest. Egg deep into it. I'm still here. Yeah. Yay! So that didn't change. <laughs> That's great. On the one-day contract this week, Bill Voth, curb enthusiast, beer snob, assistant director of digital broadcasting for the Carolina Panthers, host of the weekly, and probably better known to all of you as Panthers Bill. Do you love the fact that people probably just know you as Panthers Bill and not Bill Did Voth? you guys see Curb last night? No, no. Oh, okay. no spoilers. No spoilers. You didn't see it. No, I'm watching it tonight. I, I, I also much like one. What of, were you doing last night or today? Well, I mean, you couldn't spend 38 minutes watching that. Well, I was getting drunk yesterday during the day, and then okay, I was right. falling asleep it does, it before Curb started. 10:31. I thought Curb started at 10, so I was like ready at uh-huh. 10, and then it wasn't at 10, and then that extra half. Your hour priorities are out of whack, man. Yeah. Well, it's, you know what? It's it's brilliant. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Because you fell asleep during tapping hours. Mm. 
Yeah. So were you, okay, I don't, I don't understand, you but I will get that. What that means, but yes. Were you anxious about the return? Anxious? Coming? I wouldn't say I was anxious. I was excited. I, well, yes, but were, were you believing that it was going to be up to? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You, you, hadn't, you exceeded, didn't worry that Larry David had lost his It exceeded my expectations. Right. Okay. Yes. My, I mean, the first two seasons are my favorite. So every season, it, it's but it's, it's still it's fresh years, curve. Right? Yeah. It's been 20 yeah. years. So mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, the idea that maybe it would have slipped, like, say, so I don't know, The Simpsons for a decade. You know, like, that wouldn't be... It's not unfounded. It's incredible. I, I ha- heavily suggest it. I read, I read an article somewhere. I think it was, I don't remember where it was, but they were saying the great thing about Curb is that it doesn't really change. Like the, yeah. if you watch season one, it's like Larry looks a little bit different. It's not quite in as, as HD as it is now, but like there's no difference between him, somebody mistaking his uh, bunched crotch for pants an erection, yeah, a pants, pants tent. tent. Yeah. As there is with some sort of silliness that probably happened. How last well do you know the show? Can you name a favorite episode? Like if I gave you Porno say, Gill, yeah, my episode three, season one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know episode three, season one. Yeah. Episode, but I do know like Freak Book is probably at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a big Mocha Joe guy, so I think that the okay. like the whole Seinfeld that that season, I was a big fan of that. But Leon is the best character, though. I mean. Leon Funkhauser. Now that I'm saying it out loud, there are a lot of good characters. I feel like we're losing Susie. some people here, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Wandering Bear. Remember mm, that episode? I like that. Yeah. yeah. Are we talking about the new defensive line, <laughs> whose names we know none of? <laughs> Wandering Bear is going to be the nose tackle. <laughs> Sounds like a big dude. Well, we start the show with Nikki's super important question. On my way here, I watched two people carry a Christmas tree out of their house. Tell me. When is the deadline to take your tree down? When should trees be down, in your opinion? I mean, first of all, I'm Jewish, so we don't have trees in our house. We like to, when when would the Hanukkah bush come out of the house? Is yes. that what you're asking me? <laughs> yes, I think you got to have it out of there by New Year's. Like that's my next time the trash comes. You, don't, you, you can't have a voice in this, as you just said. New Year's fair. is way I'm too out. early. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll bow out. <laughs> J- fair enough. January third or fifth. That's it. Okay. Yep, you get through. You get through New Year's. Nobody wants the responsibility of packing that up. You don't want that hanging over your head. You don't have to worry about it till you watch your traditionally your New Year's Day bowls, and then after that, once once the final relative has left, then it's time. This leads to sorry, or brings back to last night's curb saying Happy New Year. How late can you say Happy New Year? Oh, January. No, you, so right now you would. If, well, not if today I, because it's Martin Luther King Day, so I would. That would trump okay, it. so to, but tomorrow you feel completely fine seeing somebody and saying, "Hey, Happy New Year." If I have not seen you, yeah, it's, it's January twenty first. It's three weeks. Okay, but I haven't seen you. But what if you haven't seen them until March? Does it? It's still the New Year. No, you said January. No, but I'm saying. Oh, it's okay. So as soon as yeah. January thirty first ends. The yeah, well, Super Bowl I, well, is not happening. I think it depends on the relationship you have with the person. Like, if you're like catching up and it's like, "Hey, Happy New Year!" This is it. Like, I feel like you're. I feel like the January. I don't. I don't obviously don't know the context. So, of, of what I happened, mean, it, but, it, there's not much to it. It's just. Yeah. It's. It was like two weeks into January, and it's a woman told Larry Happy New Year, and he's like, "That's ridiculous. It's been two weeks." <laughs> I'm still saying in my emails to people that I have not spoken with yet. Happy New Year. Wow. Well, oh, that's wow. another reason. Is it in your you're, no, no. you're beginning your email with Happy New Year? Well, like exclamation be, oh, wait, point. Wait, wait, I don't begin wait. it. I don't begin it with that. But that's you know usually that's how you there. end it. <laughs> There's a professional. Happy New Year, Nikki. Happy Tuesday. Blah 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 blah. Happy New Year, Nikki. I, I feel like <laughs> this is. I feel like this is a professional application that somehow ties it back to the New Year, as if hey, we just got started here, and I haven't gotten back to your email until mm, the twentieth. So Happy <laughs> New Year, because I'm. 
I'm bringing it back. Yeah, if you're returning an email from December 21st, you could probably say Happy New Year and be like, See? oh, well, I, this is when I'm back. I yeah, no uh, look, you didn't know, but my vacation just now ended, <laughs> so I am just now back. So that's clearly why I'm now just now getting back to you. Yeah. I'm Happy in. New Year. That's, that's still happening. I'm still trying to reply to emails that are from December. I'm terrible at an inbox. Are you an inbox zero person? Mm-hmm. I think, are you an inbox zero person? No, 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 no. Well, I'm an, in, so I have two different emails. I have my personal mm. Gmail. I'm, I don't think that's so Boom. fancy having two emails. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I have two phones like LeBron. <laughs> two emails. Oh, la di da. Is it a Hotmail? Is it a what? burner account? You have one for the, to sign up for the porn. Well, sure. Oh. I mean, you got to have one where you know that, that you're never going to check it, and then one for contests, yeah, well, and, then and then another then, one for real ones. And then DMB and then Bro for 420 is not exactly a professional email that you can be using. Exactly. Dave is dreamy 420 <laughs> at antsmarching.org is uh, strictly for tour dates, tour dates related. Um, yeah, so I have one. I, my work email is uh, inbox zero, but okay. then my personal gmail is like inbox nine thousand. like I, at one point i feel like i had trimmed it down and then it just exploded never happened you only have one email address that no. can't be true yeah no i like I, i'm email zero but gotcha no On just both? the way you said i had two email accounts it was very like i'm fancy you're kind of a big deal fancy man well, yeah. but i feel like bill actively discourages people from emailing him to help achieve <laughs> i actively <laughs> discourage people from contacting me really in any way absolutely yes especially do not call me please don't call <laughs> how many emails do you get like in a day would you say my phone never really stops buzzing That's between slack and email and text and stuff like that so i had to get rid of my apple watch because it was just multiple and i know you could take the alerts off the apple watch but one of the reason you had the apple watch is because you didn't you could so then it just it just drive me crazy so um this would be a good question do yeah. you have twitter notifications on nope. no i used to yeah good you, i used to be into all that stuff yeah right now i'm, I'm rarely on twitter now mm-hmm. it's, it's true just it's not good for you like the other day, it's right? Not. Like, because we probably should talk about the Panthers at some point in time, right? Is this a Panthers podcast? We'll get there. We'll get there. Tangentially, yeah. I guess. Someone was riding on a golf cart. Someone was point. tweeting we'll us. Someone was tweeting us about how, um, yeah, Cam went to dinner with Gre- uh, Luke, but it's really a shame that Cam didn't put anything on social. And it was just like wh- this is why I'm not on. One of the many reasons I'm not on Twitter. Like ten some years ago. I'm sure I had some com- nice conversations with you on it. I know I had some nice conversations with you on it. It was good. It was enlightening. You, you, even though you didn't really know people really well, you, you kind of f- felt like you were kind of learning from other people and stuff right. like that. And now it's, yeah. there's a brick wall right there, and I'd rather just smash my head against that wall. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it. it felt more collaborative. Like you would put now something it's just out, awful. and then yeah, you'd it like, really, it would really generate is. a conversation. And yeah, it is. Now, I've been, look, you, you're preaching to the choir. I've been off. Yeah, now it's more like the, the brick wall. Well, it... I'm not sure it is a brick wall, but the media wants us to believe it's a brick wall, and they're not going to decide whether or not it's brick until later on. And if you would stop reporting that it's brick, if you would stop reporting that it's brick, then it wouldn't be brick. Right. You could say, you could wake up and say, hey, the sky looks blue today, and people will yell at you saying, no, I see, and it's just, it's. It's actually nighttime where I am, jerk. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Well, while we're talking about social media, I'll, I'll start us off with the. The idea that somehow the uh, core of this team for the Carolina Panthers has been wasted is a, is a social media take that I think is it, – it's a new take, I feel like. I feel like this is, this is one we've seen rise here in the last couple of years, and it is the most absurd take I have 
ever, ever, ever heard when dealing with professional athletes, particularly with this organization. Is this Did this team not go to the Super Bowl? Did these players not have the opportunity to cement their own and, and imprint their own gold jackets? Yeah, a lot of guys did, and they didn't get it done. This idea that they were wasted while collecting these checks, I'm sorry that you're working and changing oil filters, and you really feel like you could do something different, and you're being wasted in life. But I assure you, the guy that's getting paid 10 to $20 million to play a game that played in the Super Bowl isn't going, God, I mean, I, 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 what a waste. What a waste this has been. It is, it is truly one of the most offensive takes out there, this idea that guys are being wasted. I don't think – I don't think I, – I can understand why people feel that way. When you have a generational quarterback and a Hall of Fame middle linebacker, and people see that that may no, no longer be the case, I can see where people come up with that concept. I, I think that's, it. and I don't think they're, I don't think people are saying, "Well, I'm changing oil," and I, it's just, it's kind of like you had two of these elite players that you've never had before in franchise history, and 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 what are you gonna, and, and you and might, they got and you chance. might get away without ever winning the Super Bowl, I, and right. I can understand why people are bummed by, by but that. But that, but no, but as if as if to blame the organization, as if there's someone to blame. Well, you always want to blame somebody. somebody well, right, yeah. but but it, but that's it's absurd. It's it's just ridiculous. I mean, the, the, you look at the guys that play. It's hard to win. Mm-hmm. Do 31 teams waste their season? Because what what else is there? Like the only answer that would have meant that it wasn't wasted. Never mind the fact that all the incredible things that everybody accomplished, all the the fact that they exercised the demons in Bank of America Stadium against Arizona because they same thing with Seattle. They did all that, but oh, oh, they didn't win it, so wasted. Like that's the only thing. It is the it is the NBA rings argument that's been bastardized and brought over. My thing is that winning the Super Bowl is really hard. And it has been dumbed down by the Brady Belichick era because so now everyone thinks that well if you don't win nine like Brady Belichick or six like Brady and Belichick then it's a waste. You know how many Super Bowls Peyton and Breeze won together? They won one. How many Tomlin and Roethlisberger? They won one. Newton and Rivera they were one fumble, one Von Miller strip sack away from winning one in their tenure. So. Sometimes you have your one chance and you don't win it, and and that happens, and that to me is why the idea that it's like, well, it's wait, no, you had you still got to experience a fifteen to one season that was still incredibly fun to cheer on the team to be in the stands when Luke Keekley returned that interception for a touchdown to send you to the Super Bowl. Like these kind of things still happened, and you still got to experience that. You just didn't get to experience the one picture of cam holding a lombardi trophy and if that's what if if you're if you're going to be unsatisfied being a fan of a team every time that they lose or if they don't win the super bowl you're always you're going to be unhappy 95 percent of the time unless you're a patriots fan in which case you're probably an asshole it's a pretty big picture though What's a pretty big picture? Cam standing with the Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, like that's that's it. That's what that's that's right. that's what matters. Right. But but they didn't get it done. It didn't get done. And I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying that that's not. It, it'd be one thing if those guys didn't get into the playoffs. It'd be one thing if they didn't have multiple cracks at it. But they did, and it didn't happen. And of course, we all wish that it really did. But I don't view. I I just guess I guess I get offended when I feel like I've enjoyed watching. Luke and Cam and, and enjoying the success of this team. And then it's like, oh, they were wasted. They didn't win anything. They were wasted. 
um, okay. I, I I don't feel I don't feel like my time watching those guys was wasted. I would hope that they don't feel like when guys are falling out of the stands to give them high fives after big interceptions that they don't feel like their time here was wasted. I, I don't know. I, I, just the term wasted. It really all it means is they didn't win. I blame the organization. That's what that take means. Maybe some people. I think you might be taking it a little too extreme. At least the way I yeah. see it. I can see how people say we wasted these two these two generational players and we didn't win a Super Bowl. If they'd have won the Super Bowl in 2015, do you think that take still exists? They were of wasted. Not. Absolutely. Right. Only well, yeah. I I think it I, I well, what was the big mark on Mike McCarthy, right? He had a generational quarterback and only won one Super Bowl. But it wasn't wasted. But I think a lot of people they look at it and they're like only one. Mm-hmm. Was Rodgers last decade been wasted? Is it a wasted decade in Green Bay? Would we bet? Would Green Bay have been better? I had a great off? time in Green Bay, so yeah, I mean, not wasted to me. No, because if if that's it is it's it's just an absurd measure of of a good season of a, a guy's career here, where it's like if he didn't submit it, it was a waste, and it's just that that doesn't that doesn't work in football. It barely works in basketball for the best of the best, and it really doesn't work in football. And I don't like this. Luke Keekley played on top tier defenses. Cam Newton played on an offense that was that was man they they were dominant as dominant you know you could be uh, you know in 2015 i i don't know i just don't i don't like the idea that this has been a wasted generation okay let me ask you this if this has been that's for the sake of argument say this has been wasted since 2011 mm-hmm. what would you call the browns well, that's what. That, no, I agree. With it. I agree. That's exactly it. So right. It's, it's I mean, it's very bad. like if you were, were you argue, just going to say, "Bless your heart." Is that <laughs> yeah. what you were going to? Yeah. You thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to argue like Barry Sanders, you know, or something like that, and you go, "Oh, you got one crack to play." Like, okay, that's wasted. That's an individual talent that got wasted. These guys got a chance to play on the biggest stage, played in big games, won big games, lost some big games too, and I, 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 I just look back so fondly at this last decade of of Panthers football and. I, I don't know. It, it just it just strikes me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of somebody that, you know, obviously, as we talk about, I think a lot of our conversations over the next few months are going to be talking about this, like, moving on. And they've been happening for the past couple months of moving on from the weather, from the Jerry Richardson era. Because to me, that's what's happening. It's not necessarily – a lot of people are saying, well, they're just – they're dumping everybody and they're going to go forward. To me, it's like they're moving forward with people that weren't, that were part of the old era. And David Tepper is building this team into his image with his players. And you look at Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, Ryan Khalil, Julius Peppers, Luke Keekley, Cam Newton. These are guys that were part of the old era of Panthers football. And I think as we move forward into the Matt Rule, Joe Brady, David Tepper era, the guys are going to be different and the faces of that era are going to be different. And that is why. So when you talk about Luke retired last week, obviously I don't think it was that huge of a, I think it was one of those where it was surprising at the moment. And then it was like good. I think that was my immediate reaction was good for him. Um, you want what? the old era of Panthers football? You want the 25 years where they're 10 I'm games not under 500? That's the thing. I, no. and, then, and, that's, and that's the whole point of the entire organization right now. It's disrupting everything. It's disrupting everything in the business model, and it's, it's disrupting everything in the football model. Is it going to work out? I think it's going to work out business-wise. I have no doubt yeah, about that. absolutely. Football-wise, I don't know. But, I mean, if you want to be on all those players, you said they're great and all, but and just kind of accept it as what it's been and stay status quo, 
then you're always going to kind of be under 500. And Tepper's not going to roll that way. Now, it, it might blow up spectacularly. Who knows? But he's going to want to do things different. And that's why what you're seeing with his coaching staff and, and a lot of other things coming going forward. Well, I mean, you can't talk about the the new era and the way that he's going to blow things up. I mean, this is feels like every every owner that buys a team is like, I'm going to do things differently. We're going to go in and I'm going to – I'm going to make our team better. We're going to move forward into this, and then all of a sudden it's just straight downhill. Well, I don't know if you know, I'm not used to, to losing a lot because I'm a billionaire, and so <laughs> when I get, show up, I'm smart, and I'm not used to losing, and so here we go. And that's that's what plays out. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Who are these latest owners? Like, is Shad Khan some sort of innovator? Like, who who else recently? Well, Jimmy like, Haslam. Jimmy was, Haslam he, well, he, was, he was innovating innovator. ways like, to make money at a truck stop, wasn't he? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's, well, NFL owners are not innovators. Steven Ross? He's, they, these guys are not innovators. No. These guys s- step in line, and they do things the way they've always done them. Tepper wants to step out of line, better or worse. Sure, he he, he he's okay with other owners being like, "What are you trying to do, dude? That's not the way we do things here." Before we move on to Tepper, I do think there's one there's one last looming question about the about the, the bygone era, if you will. And we're, we're we're advancing, and not that all the the, the shoes have fallen, but. We have a statue outside of Jerry Richardson, outside of Bank of America Stadium. How are we supposed to feel about Jerry Richardson? I mean, and, and I say this because I don't know the answer to this. And I, and I understand why we don't know the answer to this. And I don't know if there is a good answer to this. But I do kind of feel like you should know whether or not you want to stand outside Bank of America Stadium and take a picture with a statue that's outside the stadium. Do we all have to feel the same way about it? No, I but mean, I don't think anybody knows. I, I mean, I, I mean... I think on the outside, I know what was reported. I know what was there was an, you know the investigation, the things that happened. I don't like is is that where we're just supposed to leave it? Like because to me, I look at this and I think Jerry Richardson has done a lot for this community, a lot for this team, and to get us to the point where we are today. And yet, I think the biggest question about how do we feel about what has gone on I, I, is is him. Is how are we supposed to feel about him? And and, and for the Panther fans, I don't think we ever got any answers at, at the end. No, I don't think they're. I don't think they gave any answers. I don't think any answers are forthcoming. I think it's supposed to fade into the history of who the Carolina Panthers are, and I think that's part of what is happening with the transition from old era to new era. And just like Bill said, when you said when you talk about the old era, yes, there were ten games under five hundred. They were they were they won the division at seven eight and one. They went you know they hadn't had a back to back winning season, and this this new team is. David Tepper's team and as he is building it in his image and he wants it to be different than it has been over the past 25 years. And he certainly wants it to be different than other teams like the Browns, like the Redskins, like the, like the dolphins that have been kind of a joke since the new owner took over. And I, I am, I am hopeful. I think we all are hopeful that that is going to work, but I'm just, I, I am hopeful that they don't just throw some of the stuff like, obviously, you got people like Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Ryan Khalil. All these guys' careers are going to come to an end. And I know, Colin, you're very into celebrating the history of a team, and I think there's something to be said for that because when you look at the AFC Championship game, you look at – or AFC and NFC Championship games that just happened this past Sunday, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, these guys are out on the field. Who's the Who are the Chiefs' legends – that you remember, because I, Lamar Hunt. I don't know who Lamar Hunt is, but like, I like this is how you, you have to make sure that you're building a, uh, that you're maintaining a little bit of history in my mind, 
to go forward into this new era. You've never heard of Christian Okoye? Mm, that's fair. Right? Help me yeah. out. Nigerian Nightmare. Nightmare. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to disrespect Christian Okoye on this fair. podcast? Tecmo Super Derek Bowl? Thomas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Derek Thomas yeah. was good. Were they on the field? But before? I mean, you are Derek comparing the not. Chiefs to one of the greatest franchises in the franchises in the history of the world. Yeah, but you but Forty Niners. I mean, that's it's it's. I mean, yeah, Forty Niners set a standard for at least a decade. Sure. I mean, they won five Super Bowls. And that's the pretty good. Chiefs haven't won a Super Bowl since Super Bowl four. I get it. But I'm saying there are there are people to be celebrated in the past of the Carolina Panthers, including one that just retired. And I I am just interested to see how they do that going going forward. And, and your point about the 49ers, they weren't always that way, except for that they got an owner who was willing to do things his own way mm-hmm. and hired Bill Walsh, who had been largely blackballed by the NFL establishment. And now you look years later and they've they've done everything they've done. So if you're pro Tepper, that's a that's a wonderful little anecdote to throw in there, professional Bill. It's the <laughs> <laughs> We keep talking about this rebuild, this new era and all this. Does any of that play a part in Luke's decision? Did any of that? Is this all strictly health, or does part of this, the new era, the moving on, the rebuild, does that play a part in it? I don't know. I mean, I'm not I, – I, I haven't asked Luke about it, but I would imagine that all of this plays some sort of part in it. And one of the things he said in his video is that he felt like he couldn't play it at the highest level anymore, which I think maybe we saw a little bit of last year. And I think that he maybe, just like Greg Olson – said at the end of last season he doesn't really maybe he doesn't want to go through a rebuild you know I mean he doesn't want to spend if he's going to spend if he has two more years left on his deal and he says I'm going to play out the last two years do I want to be playing with Kyle Allen as the quarterback or whoever Marcus Mariota like sorry (laughs) the answer to your question is no as far as I know I mean the, the reason why he's not playing anymore is because he can't he can't use his head he's not using his head and when you can't, and when you don't use your head at that position, um, it it makes you less effective. So he's not playing at the level he wants to play. That's really right. what it comes down to. Now I do think it's an interesting discussion, where okay, in the deep down in Luke's heart, if they go ten and six this past year, does it make it harder? If his buddies are still around, does that make it harder? Sure, but th- this decision happened because he can't he, he can't play like that anymore, and he knows he lost a step. He's not proud of the way he played last year, and that's 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 what it is. It, doesn't, it really doesn't go much deeper than that. Do we think that this is going to be a trend now? You know, we saw Andrew Luck do this, now Luke do this. Is this something you guys think we're going to see a lot more of now? I don't think so. I think, you, you, first of all, it's a small class of guy that gets the large second contract that really kind of opens the door to this. I mean, if Luke was still making, you know, I know one to $2 million a season, he may very well be continuing to play. But the fact that he ended up making as much money as he did, that uh, that money, that walkaway money, really helps, and it's those guys that get that second contract. So you're talking about a select a select group that gets that level of contract, and you, and you will have guys that make decisions. But I think it's going to be like one a year, one every couple of years, that of, of these guys that have the luxury and they've been good enough to earn the money and to be able to walk away. Yeah, I mean that's the key is having the luxury. One every year, one every couple of years is a pretty big number, though, considering where we're coming from. Sure. So, I mean, I, don't, I think well, you can say it is a trend. It's not going to become a trend. It is right. a trend. Now we have two this year in Andrew Luck and Luke Keekley. Um And, yeah, I, I think Jonathan Jones that night when Luke retired, he wrote that article about money does factor into a lot of this, too, even though for Chris Borland it didn't really um, because he was on his first first contract, I believe, right? right. So, um, And I think he'll be more of the exception, that mm-hmm. type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what's next for Luke? You talked about things that get said on Twitter. Twitter is kind of on fire right now about, is he going to coach? Is he going to be part of the Panthers staff? What is the next step? Until somebody report, and when Schefter tweets out that he is defensive coordinator, then I'll believe it. No, I'm just joking. Uh, he, I, I think he will be part of this game in some sort because he doesn't really know anything else. I mean, he's, it's what he likes to do. That's his, that's his hobby. When your hobby is your job, you end up continuing to do your job in a different sense even once you've retired or once you've quit. He was in the building on Friday. <laughs> so like he, he, he's like, I have nothing else to do right now. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to be around. That's a, like, so Chris Borland wanted to go do some entrepreneurial things and, 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 and start talking about or, or really increase the conversation about what uh, football does to these guys' body. Patrick Willis, he wanted to become an, an entrepreneur. Andrew Luck had all sorts of other off-field interests. Um, Luke, there really is, like, how often can you go fishing? So yeah, he's going to be involved with football. At what level? We'll see. I mean, when this came, when this when this news came on Tuesday night, I'm like, he he can't coach here, can he? Like that's just too close. It's like you're watching these guys. Like I should be out there. Like they can't do what I can do. They, that would be too hard. But I he I could see him. I can see him trying to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wonder if it's a move where he goes maybe to like BC or like high school would be too low of a level. But would like, it though? Like saying I don't know. Like, like that would be. He would have yeah. so much fun. But I I don't know. I think he, I think he thinks he can mentally handle it. I think he, he'll go. He, I think he thinks he can go out on that Panther sideline in twenty twenty and 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 not miss it all that much. I mean, wouldn't be a better hire in the world for Matt Rule, Phil Snow, David Tepper. Like if you're trying to build a build a staff and from a from a from a fan engagement standpoint. How hard is it for Luke though? Really, you think you can handle that? I, like do you like that's got to be so difficult. Well, it depends. It, it did for the last time for the for his final season was he not enjoying playing football? Like, I don't think was, he enjoyed playing the way he was playing. Right, and it, but if he thinks that's what playing looks like going forward for him, then I think it becomes it does become maybe easier. Like I don't write anymore because I I really have time to write. So when I do write, I hate it so much because I suck at it. And really, like, I suck at pretty much everything. But like, when you really know that you suck at something, you're like, God, this is awful. You don't want to keep putting that product out there. Right. That's that's, a, that's the gist of it. So when you can play at such an elite level like he can't, and then he just couldn't, like, I don't want to keep doing this. And and that's, I mean, that's that's the luxury of and, and, and the greatness of it. Because I do believe we're is as upset as I think most most of us were in that moment. I mean, I say upset just like being bummed out. Um, I was thankful. That it wasn't on a Sunday. That at the end of the day, that's what it, that's that was my concern. That it wasn't that we didn't see Luke's last game on a Sunday. Like where we go, go. Oh, this is the end. Like that was it was a better to see him go off crying in the linebackers room during the off season. And I do believe we saw the best of him. You know, I, I don't think we we missed out on a bunch more Luke, great Luke performances. Talk about some. What are your favorite Luke moments? For me, I, I my favorite thing, and this is more of a general memory, I know, but um, is just there were times when he would go up against whether it was Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and they would just stand at the line and scream things at their teammates for th- 22 of the 35 seconds. Just Peyton would yell something. Luke would yell something back at his guys. Peyton would yell something else. Luke would yell something. So they would just go back and forth. And the respect that he would have, that he garnered, obviously, the way he would teach his teammates on the field and put physically put them in the right place at times. I don't think that you see that very often. Now, granted, I don't watch a ton of um, other teams games during the regular season, but 
you don't I don't feel like you see that from a ton of middle linebackers of them walking over to a to their you know the Sam linebacker and moving him to somewhere like nope this is your guy move over here and that that was my favorite thing to watch was that little pre-snap moment and he had those battles going for for years I mean you mm-hmm. you think back to the to the 2013 Luke gets his, and the Panthers had their first chance to taste the playoffs against New Orleans in the downpour, the Dominic Hickson sliding the end zone. And Luke has 24 tackles and an interception. In the biggest game in his career to that point, he balled out. And he balled out against Sean Payton and Drew Brees, two guys that were more established, and he did it as a second-year linebacker. I mean, and him and TD were both phenomenal. So don't let's not forget TD in this game. But the idea that he was battling those guys, I do – the one thing that, that I do wonder about is looking back at the Super Bowl, if not Peyton Manning, how much more of an advantage would we have had against any other quarterback virtually? Like, you know, Maybe not Brady, but a, a, a guy like Manning. Mentally, sure, but Peyton no. also couldn't play by then. Right, understood. But the advantages are the mental advantages that Keekley wins. And those advantages... He, he wasn't an advantage against Peyton Manning. Yeah. And he was against almost all the The mental advantage the was canceled out is what you're right. saying. Yeah. So the, the advantage that we typically enjoyed with Luke Keekley, the mental advantage, I mean, you see it. I mean, everyone's talked about the, the two interceptions against Dallas. The first interception, the, Luke's up in the – Luke's sugar in the, the A-gap like him and TD used to love to do. And then Romo hard counts him, and TD's coming, and Luke's bailing. So Romo switches the play. Luke switches the play. Then Luke guards Jason Witten, then slides off of Jason Witten to a secondary coverage guy and picks it. Like That happened in 15 seconds. He went from covering the right side to covering the left side to covering a third wide receiver and made a play. That's the advantage that Luke Keekley had, and that's the respect. And, and, and Romo said as much when he broadcast him. He was like, oh, I remember. I remember going against him. But it, it, you know, against Manning, I don't think you had that same advantage. But it, w- it sure was fun to watch that guy like you said, go after it against the best of the best quarterbacks. And at the end of the day, he's got he's got wins against them all. Because they beat, you know, when he guarded Gronk, mm-hmm. he beat Rodgers. I mean, he's, he's got wins against – he's got a lot of pelts. Uh, mine? Yeah. Um, can I go off the field? So, I, a lot of people will be like, hey, how are these guys? Are they good guys? I don't know. I, I have no idea if these guys are good guys or bad guys. Um, in my 20-some years covering athletes. I, I think, though, if you had to push me to saying who's a good guy, I, I would say two people, Steph Curry and Luke Keekley. And um, I think my favorite memory was a few years ago. I'm walking through the Bank of America Stadium parking lot, and I hear someone go, Bill, Bill. And this doesn't mean someone's a good guy. but um, it, And I look up, and it's just Luke, like, waving, just waving. Like, why? Like, hey, man. And I'm like, hey. Like that was it. Like he was just waving. Like, <laughs> like you're Luke Keekley. Like, what? Who am I? Like, what, what, why are you doing that? It's 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 like you're kind of looking behind you. Like, why is he why is he waving? It was he was strangely nice. It's true for that position. Strangely nice, and yet hated rookie running backs, which I always appreciated the way he would show his disdain towards towards the rookies. <laughs> I always liked that. Um, since I thought this was this really showed the, you know, we know about Luke's tackling, you know, um, but. Since Luke came into the league, Richard Sherman leads the NFL, and this is, this is regular season and uh, postseason combined, with 29 interceptions. Ten guys have 20 or more interceptions. Richard Sherman, Marcus Peters, Earl Thomas, Stephon Gilmore, Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, Reggie Nelson, Tremaine Johnson, Glover Quinn, and Luke Keekley. That's a who's who of DBs from the last decade and Luke Keekley. And coverage 
was his weakness, as they said. You did some research. Good job. I did. You want more? Nikki, where's yours? He's what do you got? He's even got like a college-ruled notebook full I do. of notes. All right. Well, here's another one. This is another one of my <laughs> yeah, favorite ones. Yeah, give us ones. another one. All right. Luke is one of two players to have multiple pick sixes in the single playoff. That's As- fun. Asante Samuel. And here's the thing about it is that if – if Sam Mills hadn't thought about taking a knee against the Cowboys, and if not for Larry Allen grabbing him at the half-yard line and throwing him backwards, two of the three people to have uh, back-to-back or two pick sixes in the playoffs, in a single playoff, would be Sam Mills and Luke Keekley. And Sam got stopped at the half-yard line. And that's in the history of the NFL. The pick six against Seattle, it felt like the upper level was going to come down. Like it was the the demons the demons that got exercised in that playoff run cannot be overlooked. I mean, the, particularly the Arizona that was the quietest night in Panther history was the was the two thousand eight playoff game. There's no doubt about that one. And to exercise that and then to beat Russ and Seattle, I mean, it didn't get much better than that in the NFC playoff run. You could hear me throwing a glass of whiskey on the ground when Jake went full Delome uh, in the second half. I All the way have, in Denver. May have gotten scolded at Buckhead for breaking something. <laughs> you just picked a bad night to have a bad night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. He sure did. Well, we made it through the Luke segment without anyone crying. That's nice. I was concerned about you. Oh, I, I am emotional. Have you cried since Tuesday? Um, just in general or about just this? Just in general? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, either. either yeah. Just about life? No, I have not, no. I'm not a huge crier except for movies about uh, sports and... I don't know where. Excuse like, me, excuse me, except for movies about sports. Yeah, I got. I get pretty. Uh, get pretty emotional at the end of sports movies. Like a. Do you like cry at the Rudy. end of Major League like I do? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Mighty Ducks. Uh, yeah, Mighty Ducks. Um, weirdly, in Remember the Titans, when the girlfriend comes up and wants to shake hands, that always gets me. Did I you... went to see that with a group of dudes in high school, and I had to like, oh, like look up at the ceiling. It was. Uh, it was. It was fairly embarrassing. Not that embarrassing, though. You know what? I feel my emotions. I'm a man. I'm a modern man. A renaissance man. Okay. What's your favorite Luke Keekley memory, Nikki? <laughs> I mean, the Dallas game is something that I'll always I, – I just that's just that special moment that I'll never forget. But, you know, you talked about when the announcement first happened, I think everyone's – well, I know I, I did cry. I cried. But then, like, when you stopped and think about it, you know, you know it is – definitely the right decision and the first thing that came in my mind was that game where he got carted off the field and he was just uncontrollably sobbing and that's not a a memory you want in your head it's not something you want to see for anybody but I think that was I kind of had that emotional roller coaster when the announcement came out of sad then you know what good for him and I mean you can all take a step back now and say good for him it's the right decision never never forgive TJ Yeldon Stupid move. <laughs> you were going nowhere, TJ Yeldon. Let me let me do a half-assed spin move and just headbutt you. Oh, oh, you tackled me and well, I injured both of us. What a move. <laughs> I'm not better. I'm not better. You, let's take you a watch break that here. Move. You watch that move. <laughs> we're going to take a break so uh, Colin can get another beer and take a deep breath. We'll be right back.
Hey, Panthers fans, it's Kelly Bardick here, host of the Carolina Line, the newest podcast on the Riot Network, where Kevin Donnelly and Al Wallace use their 23 years of NFL experience to take you inside the game, break it down, and even share some stories from their time on the gridiron. You know, I talk about the defensive line, the athletes of the defense, the big guys that can move, get after the quarterbacks. Oh, dude, it's all about the O-line. That's the real trench warfare going on out there. When those guys have a good day, there's nothing. Nothing a D-line can do about it. I guess, Al, we're going to have some disagreements along the way. Let's get it. It's going to happen. But we both know that these two big groups of men are the ones that really win games for this football team. The big guys in the trenches. The big guys are where it's at, and they're right here with me. So be sure to subscribe to the Carolina Line on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your local podcasts. That's the Carolina Line on the Riot Network. We are back. So this coaching staff, why are you laughing at me? I don't know. We just had like such an animated conversation during the break, and then you're just like, and we're back. You just like went from like we were Whomp, at an eight you talking know. about Colin Jones, and that, then you went right back down to one. Colin Jones took you to an eight. Yeah, okay. it took Colin to a nine. I think we got to stick together. <laughs> got to get more Collins on the team. Lights Starting safety life. right now. <laughs> oh God. Um, this coaching staff, how do we feel about this staff that Rule has put together so far? Colin has the hottest take. Yeah. I, I, look, I have, I'm, I'm excited um, that, that a, a young man that, I don't know, could be taking photographs for the Roaring Riot right now is about to lead the offense for Matt Rule's team. I'm very excited about that. I, I don't know if he has any, any knowledge. I don't know what we're doing. I have no idea. We have no idea. They wouldn't answer any questions. You try and get an idea. They don't know right now. It, like I would love to be like, all right, this is what Joe Brady wants to do, but we have we have no He's idea. Tailor the offense to the players that are on the field. Period. Put my players in the best chance to have the most success. That's what I want to do. I'm pretty sure that's what Norv Turner said he was doing too, and Scott and Mike Shula and I'm not, I wasn't here for Chud, but I imagine he was also trying to put his players in the best scenario to be the best players they can be. You know, one way you can do that is by caring a little bit more, by trying a little bit harder. By being a little bit more committed, and well, I think we're, I think the Carolina Panthers are going to do that going forward. Absolutely, it's going to be a different scenario here. If you're, hey, moms, dads out there, if your kid is really good at a senior in high school, come on to the Carolina Panthers. We're going to treat them differently. <laughs> it's going to be a different era here in Carolina, and that's what we need is to bring in those kids. That we weren't able to get before, we're going to bring him here to Carolina now. And this is a very special place, New Carolina, that way that I found myself here at. That's the only problem. That's the only problem I have with what we saw from Matt Rule is that talking about being here and being, and I get it, like the culture thing. But this is a guy that has applied for other jobs and reportedly at least offered the Giants a chance to match the, the, the generous offer that, that David Tepper made. But I really want to be here. Like you, I don't know if you can be I really want to be here guy, but also be, hey, how much are y'all paying guy? That, that, that is the only disconnect. I'm excited about a, a new coaching staff having a new identity, but at, as of this point, the only thing we know about this team is the colors. Black and blue, baby. That's it. That's all I got. Good job. Good job, <laughs> yeah. big dog. It goes back to what I said, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes ago. You want Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett? Like... Mike you McCarthy. can, you can. Yeah. Okay, and then you're just you're you're a retread program. I have absolutely no idea if this is going to work, 
But that's not what they wanted to do in this in this cycle. They want to give a guy a chance to build a program. Can that work in the NFL? I don't. Know. I don't know. Yeah, it's. You're absolutely right. That's 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 the main question is can this work in the NFL? Because they're not the first young coaching staff to come in and and be like we're going to disrupt and be and be different. Mm-hmm. Tepper is the first owner. No, to do it, I mean, but no, not because the first you know if you, if you want to go to a Chip Kelly situation, yeah, and he was great for the first year, and now he's had two jobs, and now where does he coach? I don't even know. Or At, or UCLA. UCLA. Yeah, UCLA, great school. They're they open all the doors for everybody. Uh, my thing is that I, you pay. I think I think I heard a story about that. <laughs> um, my my thing is that this. I'm just a little bit nervous and a little bit skeptical when you bring in somebody new like this. Obviously, we're not used to we're not used to who Matt Rule is, but I would have liked to see a couple more. You can call them retreads, but I might call them veterans to maybe talk about what it's like to be an NFL head coach a little bit. No, that's fair. I mean, Ron, Ron will tell you to this day, the biggest mistake he made early on was not having a former head coach on his, on on his coaching roster. Clearly, as you've seen some of the names that have gone through, they are still talking to at least a couple people who have been NFL head coaches. So the staff's not set yet. Yes. I think you should be extremely worried or at least worried if they don't bring on one of these guys that you've seen in the news. Um, and, and you hope you would hope that they do. Yeah. Um, but this is this is um, this is an experiment. The Panthers, at least in this hiring cycle, have been relevant and fun and exciting. Is that really is that going to hold water in two, three, four years? We'll see. Is it more likely that Matt Rule coaches one year or seven years? Uh, I mean. I don't think one is yeah. likely. I think is it more, do I think he's well, going to play do I think well, he's going to coach all 7 years of that contract? I no, I don't to well, be frank. I, I think one year because if it goes if, particularly if they don't go and get somebody that has better. Like it could go. Yeah. Horribly wrong. Which it did just like in, in Temple his first year and Baylor his first year. You had you had Tepper 2 months ago saying this isn't Rome. You have to go through some short-term pain. He's he's set the stage for what's coming. Right, but there, but we've we've also seen guys come in that we thought were going to be able to have that change. It, I, I'm saying there's a chance that after one year, David Tepper doesn't think it's going to it's going to work. Yeah, maybe uh, this isn't a Freddie Kitchens Brown situation where there's going to be all all world talent all over the place, and people are like, "Oh, look at the Browns! They're going to completely turn around." And then you have a head coach that just shouldn't be a head coach. I I I, I don't think one year is realistic either. I'm oh, just look. saying that I'm not sure that. We don't. We we know what kind of Dave, what kind of owner David Tepper is going to be on the business side. On the football side, we just don't know. Uh-huh. He may be he may be a more impatient owner than we have been used to in Carolina, or that uh, more more on the impatient side. And we, I'm not saying that is what's going to happen. And I I don't know. We none of us know. That's the that's the best part about talking to a microphone is you just kind of say like, well, this might happen, and then if it does happen, then you make sure you play it back in two years. Listen to me. I said this wasn't going to work, but I'm just, um, I'm just, my main thing is that this is not the first splashy college hire in the history of the NFL. It's not the first offensive coordinator that you bring in that is a wonder kid that's reinventing the offense that's never played, called plays before. Like this is, this has happened before and it could work here in Carolina. I'm just, I'm hopeful that it does, but I'm a little bit skeptical. 
I, I'm a little bit worried about the level of change and the, and the, the amount of change that's going on. No, I, I think no, I, just, I love it. I because, love it because this is a place that needed to be blown up. So yeah. it just it makes me so excited and so much of what we've done on the business side is blow the dang thing up. So to see the football side being blown up just makes me like this is what like the people, these Panthers fans that have wanted things just kind of this is a little uncomfortable. Then fine and take your 10 or whatever games under 500 and be happy with that. And that's it's, it's okay, a bless you your heart. Situation. This is the proposition where it's like we just had to accept being 10 games under 500 or like, but you were, you're saying I we like didn't blowing, waste them. You were like, no, I, yeah, yeah, I love just blowing it up and seeing what happens. Oh, and, yeah. and if it goes poorly for three to five years, then you can say, well, why, what, so you want a press conference? Which isn't the point at the end of the day, but I think. For a franchise that needs to be exciting and fun and relevant, this is I, – I, I just think people – since Tepper's come in, people just have not understood how big he's trying to think and, and how different that is for what this franchise has been previously. Again, I don't know if it's the right way, but it's not just – Hey, we're the Panthers over in the corner. We're the Titans and we're the Jaguars. He wants to take you to one of the most most relevant franchises and businesses in the league. And to me, that's exciting. Well, it would have like been the exciting. Dolphins, it like the Redskins. It would have been really like exciting. Like the Raiders. You can't be the top of the NFL without mentioning the Raiders. You got to have them up there. They're going to Vegas. But if you're going to blow it up, you and I mean, you make this big gamble with these hires. You got the majority of the world saying, well, this is never going to work. What if it does work? Awesome. I mean. Then everybody lo- then everybody wins. There are, a lot more, there are a lot more people in the stadium. There are a lot more people around the city and around the country and around the world talking about the Carolina Panthers if it works. And David Tepper is right. a genius on the football side and on the, and on the money side. So it's all – everything works for David Tepper. We get it. Good for you. And if but, it doesn't work – Everyone's like, well, we didn't expect it to. It's kind of almost a win either way because it's either, I mean, everyone thinks it's going to fail. If it fails, it's like, oh, well, it failed. Didn't work. If it does work. I don't think everybody thinks it's going to fail. I think everybody thinks it's going to work. And Mm, I don't know about that. I think people seem pretty reasonable to be like, well, this is different. Hmm, We'll see. It is different. (laughs) It is. And that's the (laughs) point. No, I, I, I believe me. But it is, is it, fun that you look at Phil Snow's defensive tape from Baylor, and it's completely different than what he did in Temple. And when you ask him what he's going to do here, he's like, "Well, well, we got." First of all, they have nobody on the defensive line that they can, so he doesn't even have anything to say. It's like you're going to run a three-four, a three, or a four-three. He's like, "Well, we have two defensive lines linemen signed, so we're on a two-five at this point." We're well, building a program. And he gets here. That's and he's like, the thing. It's like, sorry, is a pro, can building a program work in the NFL? It's a, I don't know. Hey, is Did this it, when you say build a program? Do you just mean have more bodies that are paid on the football side? Is that what build a program? That's part of it. Sure. That that's that's definitely one of um, um, Tepper's strategies. Is well, it's an, it's built to be an eight and eight league. So I'm going to spend more money here, 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 here to try and Great. get an advantage. Love all that. But no, as far as short-term pain for long-term gain. So you want to bring in some of these defensive linemen that, like, it's not about 2020. It's and, – and, 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 again, Matt, you know, you don't have to look too far past – you know, it's Matt Rule, what he did in years one and two in Baylor and Temple. Like, that's kind of – everyone's kind of admitting, like, yeah, that could happen here. It, it might 
not be great immediately because we're going to try and build a culture and a program with new and different players and stuff like that. I I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. Yep. I just this isn't about 2020. Right. And then and that's what, when I ask the question about rule, it's not about success in 2020. It's just about whether or not you realize like this guy's going to we think this guy's going to be able to do it after a year or we we think this guy is the guy to lead us and obviously they made made a choice, but you also made a choice meeting a guy in, in short order. I mean, and that's the nature of the, of the business. Um, so we'll see. I, my concern is that when you go big, I feel like there's a lot of people that are going to try and justify their jobs. That's one of the things that I start worrying about when you have these the front office and the meddling and things like that. I, I'm just curious to see how it plays out and whether or not everything is, uh, you know, everybody's kind of role is, is affirmed or if we're going to have the analytics guys are like, hey, you know, when we do this, we do this. And, and like it, does the kind of the tail wag the dog? How, how does this ultimately play out? I interrupted you, Nikki. Do you remember what you were going to say? Nope. That's good. good well, I think it's important, though. I'm glad that you are bringing up the point that, you know, 2020, it's not that it doesn't matter, but what you're saying is the fact that I think fans need to have a realistic expectation that 2020 could be really ugly and could be really bad. If you think that we're going to blow it up and rebuild and we're going to the Super Bowl next year, that's not happening. Like, you got to be realistic. Like, it could get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And it may even be another season after that. Like, it's going to take a while. That's like, I think Cam Newton is the best answer for 2020. But is that the best answer for what they're trying to build? Or is that know. the best answer for Cam? That's that's always been my part of it. I don't. I mean, if it's not about 2020, then why should it matter that Cam Newton, in my opinion, is the best answer in 2020? Yeah, I mean, if it's not about 2020 and you're trying to build for 2021, 2022, 2023, it makes more sense that instead of having him here for one more year, you can get some assets for him to build for the future. Something can you? Like, something. Can you? See, that's the thing. The, the, it's the, a buyer's market this year. Part of the part of the discussion we've been having in terms of Cam Newton, has been the assumption that he had other alternatives. A big part of the assumption has been that Cam could go elsewhere. A big part of the assumption has been the Bears. Who are the Bears? What, what are the Bears going to trade? Mitch Trubisky. They don't have – they don't, they don't have like, – <laughs> so, that, you know, it's, it's, it's people that uh, the Bears, you can go to the Chicago. And it's like, well, they don't have any draft picks to trade. And you would think if you're this current – the, Ra- the, Ra- the, Ra- the Raiders are who's going to trade for Cam Newton if somebody's going to trade for Cam Newton. They have, the, they have the 12th pick. They have the 19th pick. They have two seconds. It's, it makes a ton of sense for if you're the Las Vegas Raiders moving to a brand-new stadium in a brand-new city to bring in a – Brand new quarterback who is a lot more exciting than Derek Carr to help sell you tickets. No offense, Derek Carr. Sorry if you're listening. So since we're, we, we acknowledge that the 2020 is going to be a down year, or we're, we're hypothesizing that it'll be a down year, what about the guy that does have the most trade value on the team? Do you even look in that direction? I don't think you can. I agree. I, I, I think that this is just like what I said at the beginning of the show – is that this you're is talking about JJ Jansen, right? Because no one said his name. Well, only had one, only had one Colin bad Jones. snap since 2008. Colin Jones, JJ Jansen, this is a toss up. Talking about Colin Jones or Pilardi or what? <laughs> Michael V. Pilardi. Um, I think that when you talk about it, this is not a this is not an I this is not a Dolphin style situation of let's try to bottom out. Yeah. It's more of a let's try to rechurn this thing and turn it turn this big ship. And maybe that takes a year to get it moving in a new direction, but it doesn't mean you just throw out the entire uh, staff. You just 
you want to make some changes, but a guy like Christian McCaffrey, a guy like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, some of these guys that are that are on the roster, Dennis Daly, these are guys that you're not just ready to give up on at, immediately because there's a new coach in my mind. Well, no, I mean with McCaffrey, it's it's not about it's about returning assets that I think you you could get. For, for a guy like McCaffrey. I think it was a Miami situation, and yeah. it's not – I don't think it's a Miami situation. They're going to try – they're not trying to completely tear down and then build up. They're trying to establish a culture, whatever that is. Like, I, I, right? Like it's, I sound like a coach. They're trying to establish some sort of culture here, and I think Christian McCaffrey would fit into – if you consider, like, what football coaches are – Right, like Christian McCaffrey would fit into, yeah, this guy should be part of our foundation, not just as a football player, but just who he is. Yeah, well, he's not going to the Pro Bowl, so he can move up his training schedule for two weeks or maybe spend more time with Olivia Colbo, um, uh, whichever one you think makes more maybe sense. Maybe just go rescue someone off a mountainside yeah, again. Exactly. You know. He's got to do something like that every I mean, offseason. Someone asked me the other day, option. hey, is Luke still playing in the Pro Bowl? Right, so Luke has decided not to play in proper games, but he's going to go play in this fake game that no one wants to play in. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also sure. the sand game. The, 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 beach, <laughs> yeah. the beach game. Please tell me someone asked you that on Twitter and then mm. you, you didn't get back on Twitter again. That was it. I, that was I, the, I didn't reply. That was the moment. Yeah. Um, that, that was the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that if you're moving, if you're moving past 2020, like obviously if you're trying to push forward into this, it's going to take some patience and I think it's going to not just take patience from guy, from fans and not just take patience from David Tepper. It's also going to take patience from guys that are in that locker room. So if you're Dante Jackson, for instance, or if you're DJ Moore or one of these younger guys, or the biggest thing, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Like, he, he's due for, a, due for an extension right now. And if you're, if you're saying we are not going to be good this year in 2020, maybe not in 2021 – 2022, though, that's when Matt Rule third year is when it really takes off. McCaffrey would be 26. So it's not like you're you're asking these guys to buy in a little bit of, hey, you have to accept that we're, we're trusting the process and we're moving forward. Although that catchphrase has been taken, so probably need to come up with something. The process? Else. Yeah. Yeah. Trusting. I mean, I know that's – Rule said process all the time, and it's like you got to come up with, like, another word for process, like – the estab like the establishment that's not going to be it that's not going to be it that's not good. that's not great i'm just going to google some synonyms here while other people talk so what does this roster look like for next year like where where are these biggest they're, holes at do you think they're going to have they're going to have name badges on the on the back and the front next year that's that's going to be the big change you got to trust this procedure <laughs> front, good? first no. and last name <laughs> I don't even know who to tell you who's going to be a quarterback, let alone down the roster. Alex Arma going to be here? <laughs> like, like yeah. that's what's in it. So, yes, is it painful? Is it strange? Is it patience? I don't know if NFL fans have patience. No. But, like, no. that's the, that's the process to. they're gotta, in right no, now. you got to trust like, that. you got to trust that operation. Yeah, you're looking in. I, I see you have the Google up there. Yeah. What um, else you got? All right, here we well, go. Well, now, the one thing, we've had all the press conferences, and the press conferences have said deadly oh. squat, which is fair from the, from the coaches coming in. But I do hope that at some point we do get a little bit of clarity on what they, what they hope to do with this roster, where they hope to go uh, with this roster. Um, it, it, it is tough watching those things and going, I just spent 20 minutes with you, and I have no idea what you're about to do with our football team, but, but, that's, but it's fair. I mean, I get it. I mean, I, Matt Rule met with Cam Newton last week, like that. 
so people that were saying in November or December that here's what's likely going to happen with Cam, like the head, the new head coach just met with Cam. So it no one in that building right now knows exactly what's going to happen. No, and certainly no one outside the building. So the one thing that you have to do is understand the undertaking. No, not good? Mm. Sound like you're burying him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Damn it. I thought Undertaking was pretty good, but I guess Undertaker is pretty much at the top of the list when you talk We're about pretty it. Pretty early. Made me feel in this really process. sad when you called it that. Yeah. Like very negative. Don't miss out on the method. Method is not bad, I don't think. Instead of process. Method is better method. than the others that you have said. No? All right. Fair. I mean, I know we all want answers now, and like you want answers in those press conferences. It's just they don't have them yeah. yet because well, they they've don't have all personnel. They, they don't, don't have even have a full coaching yeah. staff yet. Yeah, you know, like the front office right now, they're waiting for the coaching staff to tell tell them what players they will be looking for and trying to sign and add this spring. So, you, us trying to surmise what this roster looks like and stuff like that, if the front office doesn't even know right now, who are we? Well, well it's a little bit of a tease though when you're bringing guys out to you know lightning and the thunder by Imagine Dragons, and then you're like, all right, now we're not going to tell you anything. You weren't entertained. I'm going to tell you about off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Look for that bonus footage later. <laughs> Brad Hoover was there. <laughs> Is there any kind of stability in this roster for next season? I mean, the Colin the, Jones. Yeah, the, the core. What core? What Colin core? Jones. What's left of the core? Colin Jones. Uh, I think Shaq has to be part I of think, the core now. Yeah, Shaq's probably part of the core since he just signed a huge extension. Chris McCaffrey. DJ J. Moore, Jameson. guys that are still on their rookie deals. Um, I think the offensive line, much to everyone's chagrin, is still going to be the same as it was last year. Yeah, that's right. All five? No, not of course not all five, but I'm saying but 80%. You just said I think the same. Be the same. How is it not the same if it's not all five? I wish you could have seen Bill's face, by four, the way. Four or five. <laughs> four or five. I think 80% are, are back. I think, obviously, Moten is, is going to stay. Turner okay. and Paradis, from a cap standpoint, don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I think if you're ready to move on from second-round pick Greg Little, who you traded up for after four games, that seems like a poor decision. Okay. So now you're looking at left guard. So maybe it's Dennis Daly, who already played at left guard so technically i am correct and more maybe bring back gvr as a uh, as a veteran standby okay good quote too love gvr we do love gvr we are a gvr pro, yeah, we're pro podcast. GVR. yeah absolutely so who are the captains on this team man hurts yep obviously <laughs> i think that to me is that to me is more of a good question because it's not just like who gets the c whatever it's who's going to kind of lead this team into – because if you're going to give them a captain in 2020, it's kind of understood that they're not just like, hey, Gerald McCoy, you're a captain. You're definitely not coming back next year. Like it's it's tough to me to give those captain spots out to guys that you don't think are going to be part of this team going forward. So that that is the interesting question, I think. Obviously, Christian – I wonder if Shaq will get – will have a C on his chest come – Come September. Like, mean, he would be the leader of the defense now, would you say? Eric Reed? Like who like KK Short? I don't know. I I think they're You're forgetting maybe, Colin Jones. Yeah. Maybe obviously. the Colin safety they take in the first captain. <laughs> Here's a C for you. I mean it's a really it's a good question. But you know, that's why well, so I many, get it. So many of these articles right now are like, it all starts with Cam Newton. Like that like we don't even know who the quarterback is gonna be. So I don't know who's going to be walking out with Trey Turner and maybe Shaq and Colin Jones in week one. 
I prefer to really kind of just start with figuring out who the freaking quarterback's going to be. Well, but you have to build around. That's the thing is we don't know. We don't know just like anybody. So let's instead of just what decision this offseason, even if it's not for 20, matters more than that. Okay, Whether or so not you trade so Christian McCaffrey. Talk about that. Is that on the table? You think that's on the table? If, if you're doing this type of change, I mean, how could you tell me that anything's off the table? That's fair. I just I don't think it is. No, no, I, just, and I'm, I'm not, I don't disagree, but it, it, this, is, this is when you ask that question. Do you get aggressive in 2020 and find your quarterback, try and find your quarterback now? I, I think it depends on whether or not you think one of these guys is your oh. guy. Okay, well, that's if we're talking about – That's a reasonable take right there. Like if you're – Yeah, well, I had one. That was very good. I had one. Well, if Matt Rule wants to It really to is that simple. Like, <laughs> if you think one of the three guys is your guy – Then, yeah. Or uh, whatever, some sort of sneaky fourth guy that sneaks up like nobody – that nobody expected. And do you think as of January 20th they know if one of those is, uh, is their guy right now? No. Yes. There we go. Oh. Oh, come on, man. No, they don't know. No, I mean, no, no they – they know they're not going to be. Will Greer's not going to be. Like they're, they're, no, no, they don't, I don't mean, oh, no, you're no, saying, we're talking. Yeah. No, no, oh. we're not talking about current. We're talking about do you go? Do you become aggressive and try and get a guy who's going to be your future quarterback? Marcus oh. Marietta. Oh, pro- probably not. I mean, be, it depends on who's reverse. on the market. But what I was going to say is, to me, if, if Matt Rule is concerned about culture and developing a culture, I really think that he's you. You pick a quarterback that feeds that. Like that is going to be whether it's a veteran or somebody like that that you feel like embodies that in some way. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I think I think the que- if you're not going to go out and get a quarterback at the seventh pick or trading up for one, then then leave it. Then who cares who it is? Whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's whether it's Will Greer, whether it's Kyle Allen, whether it's Marcus Mariota, like none of these guys are going to be uh, unless it's the guy. Then it's just another guy. That's how I feel about the quarterback. Cam in this town will never be just another guy. When he when he leaves at the end of his contract for nothing like Kemba did, when you talk about not wanting to trade apples him this offseason, right <laughs> kind of it's it's kind of apples and oranges, but I don't know if it, I I feel like they're they're more similar than you might think in my mind, or in the mind of the of the Panthers fan base, Panthers slash Hornets fan base. You look at a guy that has been the face of the franchise forever, that you didn't that you wasted his career here. And then you just let him go for nothing when you had the opportunity he's, to trade he's him. Offended that you just said that. Well, I'm, Kemba really did kind of get wasted. If we're being honest about this. <laughs> <laughs> so you allow that? <laughs> Have you seen the Hornets? Mm, no, you haven't seen Michael Jordan because no. he hasn't been there in like three years. But <laughs> have you seen the Hornets? I have not. Who's ready for a game? Yay! Yay! So it's Cam to K1, one of our favorites. How do you feel about the new coaching staff? Does Bill know how to play Cam to K1? What did, did, we, did we play that last or, time? No, I'm guessing it's something to do with Cam Newton and K1 Short. It does kind of, yeah. Oh, one to ninety nine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. Except instead of a instead of a number, you say. So if you wanted to rank somebody a forty two per se, you might say our guy Colin Jones. Um, a lot of Colin Jones in this show. He's uh, when Colin, if you're Trust listening, which he probably is. Yeah, he's. Trust the method. Is that well? No, it doesn't sound yeah, right. matchup with the method. I like I like alliteration. It's probably not going to do it though. Mm. I don't think matchup with the method is a good T-shirt. We'll have to work on change that. change the culture. Is that good? Is that a good T-shirt? Yes. Yes. Good someone T-shirt. Should, someone should definitely print that on a shirt. I agree. Point. Definitely have two shirts that say that. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go first? 
Will you just throw out a number? Yeah. Colin wants to go first. Let's bet. All right. I'll go. I will go first. Um, I, honestly, we don't know. I, there, there's, there's guys, if you, if you hired them, you'd feel better about it. But ultimately, most of these guys, we're not going to know. So I'm going to go with a guy that I'm very curious to see whether or not he fits the culture. I'll go 80, Ian Thomas. You're going 80 out of 99? 80 out of 99. Wow. I feel That's average. Like, I, well, I, feel average I was going to grade it low. Well, I mean, and, and, and you C- kind of talked me up. I feel number. like I was, I was too critical about some things. Well, no, I don't to, know if it's going to work. I just bit. think it's fun. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's what I'm, I'm average. Like, it's in, it really isn't incomplete, but incomplete, the, there's no I between 1 and 99. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's really an incomplete, but there's no I between 1 and 99. I was just going to go 70. I was just going to go Trey Turner in 70 for the fun factor, and we'll see. Okay. That's fair. I think I might go like Christian Miller just specifically. Wow. Well, I just don't know. Like, it's just like you said. That's fair, too. You just don't know. It's like halfway between, like, I I do think they're right now, as we stand right now, it is equally, uh, there is an equal chance that they are that this works and it doesn't work. It's a coin flip. Could you not say the same thing? I brought up, could you not say the same thing about Mike McCarthy? Or your boy in uh, New England, who for some reason I'm completely blanking on right now, Tom Josh Brady, McDaniels. McDaniels. Yeah, like can you can you not can you not have said the same thing about any of this about anything in sports? Oh, yeah. Like, the, you, I don't know if it's going to work or not. Well, no, look, look, you could you could hire Belichick and go, great, we want everyone to parade today, and then you, you show up on the field and it's right. like, oh, oh, this was, oh, oh, it's like we hired George Seifert and he wanted to buy a new right. boat. And so he took a coaching job. Like, and was couldn't like, you say the yeah. same thing? Like, w- would well, you be course. more yeah. sure if it was Josh McDaniels? Well, but you have a general idea of what you're getting when you get Josh McDaniels. Yeah, what, you're, what you're getting, getting is what? a guy who failed in the other time he did it, I and who doesn't have Tom he Brady beat the here. With Tom Te- or but Tim everybody, Tebow. Fa- but but every every former coach has failed because they got they're not the they got fired. Right? I mean, nobody. Mike McCarthy. Yeah, you know what? It'd been really job. smart if the Browns would have kept Bill Belichick and not moved to Baltimore. Yeah, that would have been really awesome. for Would have been great. Unfortunately, that would have worked out good, right? Maybe Josh McDaniels <laughs> needed some time to fail and invest in a right. guy like Tim Tebow, and before he could turn around and understand his mistakes, and now he's going to be a great coach. Maybe. I, I again, we we have where no, would you have put McDaniels? Me, this, what what number would you have given McDaniels? But do you uh, think? Do you think that John you, Beeson, fifty-two? No, uh, I don't. I, I would have honestly. I would have felt like I, I McDaniel's was the guy that I was hoping that they would hire. I thought they were going to hire McCarthy. I thought Matt Rule was going to be was was going to eschew them for the Giants' job, and I thought that McDaniel's was the best guy that was that was the best coach available. And I know that's not uh, that's not a particularly popular take. No, I think you're right. I think, I think that's what most people would say. I think that he is the guy that if you if you he knows how to win, he has had experience before, and when you're trying to build a program, you can't be learning how to be an NFL head coach at the same time. And that's what Matt Rule is trying to do, and Joe Brady is trying to learn how to be an NFL offensive coordinator. Do you think that uh that Matt Paradis is going to listen to Joe Brady? Like the, these kind of things don't I don't know. I I'm I'm just very skeptical about this very young new staff trying to do things a new way and that's my main concern and that's why I'm at a Christian Miller. I feel like we finally got to the a moment. James of truth Anderson, in the if you will. 
They're like, you finally acknowledge that, you, that, that you're nervous about it. And, and look, I've seen too. it before. We, it's right? the first time that you but were you like, should be. Just, but you should things. be about Josh McDaniels and you should be about Mike McCarthy. You should be nervous about any of these because you just yeah. don't know about well, any of that's them. That's just it. We, we, we've so if you're going to fail, fail colorfully. And I don't know if they're going to fail, but this is a lot more well, interesting than the other ones. According to some people, they're certainly not failing colorfully in the NFL these days. Um I mean, would you be excited if it was McCarthy? I mean, at least like with this I wouldn't hire, be excited, I feel like but excitement. I would. There's energy. It's a it different. Feels a different. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's different. Well, it McDaniel's feels- McCarthy or Rule all would have brought with it some level of excitement. Whether you're bringing in a young offensive mind, McCarthy's saying a lot of bad things in Dallas, by the way. And like, and, uh, fun, and that's yeah, to be fair, like an Eric Bieniemy. Like, how about an Eric Bieniemy? Like, are you are you're not sure about any of these people no. you ever get? Uh, again. We were excited when we got Super Bowl champion George Seifert to be the the the, the, be- the best new coach that the Carolina Panthers money could buy, and we booed Luke Keekley when he got drafted. And What's McCaffrey, that? who booed him? Charlotte. They were saying Luke. No, they were not. <laughs> no. I mean, you're making this sound out to be like a Donovan McNabb Philly situation. Was there really that hard to find? Oh yeah, there was at Strike City. There was a draft. Okay. Party. Why were you? Oh, at what do you mean? Okay, like, it was like it was like 300. <laughs> if you're if you're if you were saying the fan base was represented at Strike City that night, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, you're, so you're saying that if a bunch of people show up in Uptown Charlotte for uh-huh. the for the Carolina Panthers uh-huh. draft and uh-huh. then and then boo the selection, you don't think that that's representative of the way it felt? Like, like let's not pretend like drafting a middle linebacker in the top 10 is when you had John, sexy yeah, opinion. and when you already had John so, Beeson, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. There was reasons to not like the pick. I think he probably and, booed and it at the, the time, too. By the way, most people too. didn't like it because they hadn't watched Luke Keekley play because he played at Boston College, and nobody gave two rats ass about Boston College football. People fell in love with Luke Keekley the day after drafting. Are we allowed to credit Marty for that, or is that not? No, uh, no. Is that I, not? Yeah. yeah, sure, it's in the first round. I'm not as anti. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he, he does great in the first round. I'm not as anti-Marty as everybody else is. I'm not as pro-Marty as everybody. I would say I'm. I was shocked. I was, I was shocked that it sounded like, based on David Tepper's press conference about going to meet and Matt Rule, how much Marty was a linchpin at, at, at the spear at the head of the spear, the tip of the spear on this one. And then we got the Marty impression. Mm. But I was. I, I did not anticipate, and I was wrong on this. I did not anticipate Marty Herney being that involved in. David Tepper's first hire. I am not surprised by that uh, statement. That that makes sense to me. That you I was know. wrong. No, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, did you have the same feeling? Well, it, it is surprising how involved when you look at what what is happening as far as like moving on to this new era. How prominently someone from the old era is involved, and um, Marty Herney is right there, smack in the middle of it. So it's. Uh, it, it does seem unusual when you're looking at making decisions of how this team is going to be formed for the next decade that Marty is the guy that's making those decisions. And feels weird, right? And especially if they're getting turned down for other interviews because they won't they they can't interview the Eagles guy that they wanted to interview because Marty has this GM it's just it's a lot it's just it's interesting. And you can't argue with that. It was is it, interesting. Was it was it the statue and Marty in the contract? <laughs> you cannot hire a GM taller than Marty Herney. <laughs> cannot eat more meatballs than Marty Herney in any sort of interview. Can we do a bonus question for the game? Sure. How excited are you for MLS? Oh, I'm actually excited. I'm I'm excited to hear Bill's 
answer because you're he's a big soccer guy. I am a soccer a big soccer guy. Yeah, I'm a big English Premier League guy. Are you Liverpool? I'm Chelsea. Come Chelsea. on now, have oh, some respect. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I wish bad. I was Liverpool at the moment. I don't know a lot about. I think that. Um, <laughs> I um, as I tell everybody, listen. I I hope that they win in the first two or three years. Yeah, that's going to be the most important thing because in this town, I think they'll embrace them. If they win in those first two or three years, if they don't, then we'll see what happens. So, um, I think they have to win in the first year. I think it's like an Atlanta. The type first situation. year, they, they, well, they'll still fill the place. It's a nice sure, novelty, and then they'll get some, and, and, and it'll be okay in year two. Um, I, I think you better be winning in year two. Do you think the Atlanta expectation now is a thing since Atlanta was able to do that? I think so. Like, I mean, if like, they well, were... Atlanta did it in their first year, so I think if so. Atlanta can do it. <laughs> Anybody can do it, right? We can do it better. That's right. Screw that city. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I personally, I think that the idea that you can add um, 17 more professional sporting events to Uptown Charlotte in the city where I live and, like, energize the community and make it more fun, I'm in. Like, I, like it's fun. Like, I'm, I'm at full man hurts about it. That's, uh, of course you are. Yeah. I, I, like, I think it's... It's fun. I want to go see more professional sports, and the MLS being here. How many in Hornets games do you go to? Um, I've been to, I to a lot. I feel like yeah, I've been to nine this year. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't know. Don't sound disappointed. <laughs> How many have they won of those nine? Uh, they're actually pretty good. And I will tell you, I took my beautiful wife Renee to a game, and she, um, they. We're 0 for 18 uh, from three-point range in the first half, and then they stormed back because all they do is shoot threes. They're so young, and, like, they're either terrible or awesome, and they stormed all the way back, and Devontae hit a layup to, to tie it, and they went to overtime, and then a lot, they got blown out in overtime. It was great. It was perfect. And she was like, that was fun. I'm, I would go see more Hornets games. So I'm telling you, come, come on over. All fly. Hashtag all fly. Examine the method. It's about winning, right? Like, I think people here still would accept them. Like, they should be the Hornets. But um, people would still accept them as the Bobcats if they had Kevin Durant and West, Russell Westbrook back in the day and they were still called the Bobcats. Sure. But they didn't, and so they were irrelevant, and people didn't care all that much. So with this MLS team, that's what I think. Yes, once the novelty wears off, right. you just hope that they're winning because I do worry about this town tuning out if it's like, okay, it's a fun thing to do on a summer night, but it's really fun if they're winning. It's what the Knights are going through right now. You know, like, I feel like the Knights, the first, like, first season, obviously, they're basically selling out all their games and all that, but also adding the fact that it's a billion degrees during their season, but I, I know it's not the same. You know, they're not selling out every single game, and it is a lot easier to go to a game now. But you got MLS fever? I don't. I don't. <laughs> no. No. I've, I've got too many things to focus you on. You that, that, that Mint City Collective, like, like yeah. greenish kind of fever? Like, no. no I'm, ex- I'm excited about it, but I, don't, I, I honestly don't know what it looks like. like are we bringing in a star? They, don't use, their, somebody, they don't use like, their hands. That's I get the, the goalie can. What? Yeah. Oh, I got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> I mean, is it going to be an interesting game? I, I think a big part of this is: is it going to be fun to go to? Yep. Yeah, winning's important, but is it fun to go to? Because part of what's happened within sports is that we've taken the, the people for granted so much. Like the in-game entertainment has been lost. So then these new leagues show up, or these new teams show up, and they're like, "We're going to do it the same as the other guys, where they don't really cater." Because the NFL doesn't have to cater. 
you know, in the same degree because right. they're big enough. But I think some of these th- th- these other leagues need to do more stuff, need to be more proactive. We're talking about a 70,000-seat stadium, right? More. That, that'll yeah. be, for the most part, usually the, the, the top bowl will be cordoned off. So it will not be fun to go to if they're not winning on a random Wednesday night against Atlanta or San Jose or whatever. But if they're winning, it'll just it, it'll it'll really improve the experience, and I think that matters in this town. Sure, sure it does. I mean, it matters. I think it matters in all towns, especially when you're trying to build it. But you, can, I it mean, matters here. I think it's it matters here. Yeah, city. that's why. Yeah, because we're a transplant city. Yeah, that's, that's why it matters more here. here. Yeah. With, with all which is an opportunity here because Correct. now you Correct. don't have an MLS team. You don't have an MLS team. None of us have an MLS team. So that's the opportunity is can I draw – can me and you become like-minded now because now we have our own team? I will always be a Browns fan. I'm not, Like that's right. that's my right. – I don't have an MLS team. But can we come together and now this is Charlotte's team? That's the opportunity. But in order for us to feel that closeness, they got to win. When I moved to Charlotte, I didn't have an NFL team. I grew up in Nebraska. We just don't care about – I mean, they're either Broncos, Chiefs fans. I was never – I just didn't care. I moved here, and I came, like, personally connected to this team, and it became my team. People move here, like, what, 100 every day now, they say, or whatever. 99 of them already have their NFL team, you know. So this is a chance for brand-new team, brand-new lifelong fans. You know, I've never been to a – MLS game. I always wanted to go to Atlanta to go see one because I've never had the chance. I don't have to now. I can go here. You couldn't make that three and a half. You just never could figure out that that weekend where you can make that 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 three hour trek. You can do it. I hate the drive to Atlanta. I hate the drive to Atlanta. It's because at the end of it, you're in Atlanta <laughs> in a parking lot on an interstate somewhere. Just check out that Coke Museum. Sweet. It's a museum all about soda. I went there when pop. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> oh, boy. You, do you grade. say soda or pop, Midwestern? Just say pop, pop is the right answer. Boom. Yep. Thank you. Pop. It's Coke. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I'll have a Coke. Sprite. <laughs> Bill, where can people find you on the internet if you want to be found? I guess I should preface yeah, it that way. Just don't even bother. Sounds good. Panthers.com. <laughs> Check him out at Panthers.com. Don't even bother. The greatest plug of all time. <laughs> Mr. Klein, uh, a.k.a. Big Dog. Yeah, you can follow me at Josh Klein Rules on Twitter. Um, also, uh, if you have gotten this far, I would encourage you to listen to the Great British Drafting Show. It's coming back for this offseason as well. And it is fantastic. It's hosted by uh, two British gentlemen. Um, I subbed in for the first episode as host, and I did do my British accent, and it was spectacular. And um, they then immediately kicked me off the show, and I am no longer invited back. So it's a real 1776 situation. But anyway, if you're looking for uh, an opportunity to get yeah, smarter they about won the draft. This time. We won the yeah. other time. Good one. That's <laughs> right, bro. <laughs> Um, and, uh, if you're looking to get smarter about the draft and I mean, they're incredibly in depth and very smart, much smarter than me. And, um, I would encourage you to listen to it It is available wherever your podcasts are sold. The great British drafting show on the riot network. Speaking of draft, are there still uh, packages available? Yeah. You you can go? go to the NFL draft with the roaring riot. It's in Vegas this year. You can stay on the strip. Uh, there's a top golf pool cabana party it's gonna be lit it's gonna is that be, what kids say it's just i'm i'm already like dreading it from like, we've already talked about how uh it's hard to to recover from drinking the night before and then like the idea of three days in vegas at the draft is gonna be 
Three days in Vegas is two days too many for anybody that's, you know. It's true. Had that that trip. You're not wrong. Colin? Yeah, the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced their 15. I'm going to tell you what I want to talk to you about. There are 15 finalists. 60 seconds. There are 15 finalists. That's fine. There are 15 finalists for the 2020 class. 13. 13 very handsome gentlemen, including Troy Palomalo with his hair flowing. And then tucked in the back corner, Leroy Butler and a Saints Sam Mills. Sam Mills has two years left until he's no longer going to be an eligible Hall of Famer. Uh, I think that's a real shame. I wish there was someone that worked with the organization and maybe could help out in this, or, in this situation, but maybe they'll listen to this instead. But Sam Mills, two years away from no longer being Hall of Fame eligible, and I think de- a deserving Hall of Famer that is not going to get his, not getting his look. Nikki, where can they find you on social media? Don't. Please don't find me. That's fair. That's the Everyone is so mean on Twitter. Um, this has been One Day Contract, proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. We will see you guys next episode. Happy New Year. Take your tree down.